Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us for the whole hour. We have prepared for you a program which you may enjoy. And uh, like always, I would like to invite you right from the beginning to be part of this program. And you know by now that uh, you can text us a message on 0488808811. You may ask a question or share a thought with us in regard to the discussion we are going to have uh, today. It's a bit of a special program also for me because I'm trying to connect uh, with some people which just crossed the border in Ukraine with some stuff there and I hope that connection will work. I'm um, a little bit nervous of that because you never know when you have uh, live um, people coming from uh, all around the world and um, I will come to that just in a second. I hope that uh, my guest uh, is connected and he hear us but just before uh, we are um, uh, going to that interview I would like to uh, welcome uh, our co-host for today. Good afternoon, Nick. And this is Robbie Burgum. You may recognize his voice. Uh, I've been around Faith FM a little bit. And <laughs> what sort of uh, programs do you do, uh, Robbie, on Faith FM? Uh, look, I, I um, pop up all over the place. I have my own show called The Faith Experiment, and uh, that's a show about exploring faith and putting faith into practice and coming from a non-Christian background. That's sort of my journey and mm. how I've how I've adapted and learned about being a faith experimenter. But I also show up on a lot of live shows around around the country because uh, in my role, I'm the content manager for Faith FM nationally. And so I get to visit people like yourself in the studios. It's so good to be here in Adelaide, except for the heat. Oh. It is unbelievably hot. 40 degrees, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I flew in from Brisbane via Sydney yesterday and I tell you what, you guys have got Brisbane beat in terms of temperature. It is way hotter down here than it was in Brisbane. Luckily, that is not as humid as in, uh, yeah, that's true. in Queensland. It's, yeah, up there it's like walking into a wet sauna. Down here it's a dry sauna. <laughs> yeah. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me on uh, the that's show. That's very good to have you with us. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Roby, I was just going to introduce you as you are a pastor also, but yes. you, ha- you are in this role of um, faith, for Faith FM content and promotions. Yes. Uh, managing this um, aspect for uh, Faith FM uh, Australia. And it's wonderful to have you on uh, our team. And um, in a way, you know, I feel like that I'm in front of the boss. Hopefully, I'm not. Uh, I'm not stumbling here today. <laughs> Look, it's it's really exciting, Faith of them, how it works. We've got a number of studios across the country. Here mm. we're in Adelaide tonight, um, live doing the drive time. But in the morning, we're live in Newcastle, coming out of Newcastle nationally. We've got a studio in Sydney, studios in Tasmania, in, yes. in Hobart, Tasmania, Melbourne. So it's it's just exciting to be able to. Um, be a conduit between all the different studios and have a chance to uh, just help you guys thrive what you're doing. We really appreciate what you're doing for the National Network here in Drive Time South Australia. And that's what we do this, my dear friend, listening today uh, because of you too. 
You know, Absolutely. if we don't have you listening, what will be the point for us to be here and do this thing? And that's what I'm asking you to connect with us, to show us some um, interest. You know, if you, li- I know that you're listening. Many people, <laughs> they share with me, you know, as I drive around, even with the stickers on my car, they put the, the thumb up, you know, and say, good station. But we'd love to hear from you. Maybe send us a text message with... Uh, with I love to know this. Text in right now to the number, uh, I get the number right, it's 0488-808-11. Text into that number and tell us where you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time right now. Which part of Australia are in? Um, what's the temperature like? Let us know. Text us in 0488-808-11. And you want to say that number because at the end of the show, we've got a great giveaway. It's top secret right now, but stay tuned and you'll get a code for today's great giveaway. Thank you so much, Robbie, for doing that. Uh, it's really important. But uh, hey, let's try to connect with um, uh, uh, one of my friends uh, who just uh, crossed the border, as I said, I in Ukraine. I am super excited about this. And let's see what um, what's happened. I'm just trying to see. Hey, Hardy, are you hearing us? Hello there. Hello, Nick. Hello, everybody. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, Hello, that's loud and clear. That's good. That's good. Hey, uh, yeah, as you probably uh, heard us here in the studio with me, it's uh, Robbie, Robbie Burgum. Now, you are uh, just... Uh, past um, the border in Ukraine, maybe an hour or so, and you are with another three people, yes, going in Ukraine uh, to deliver th- some goods there, which I'm going to ask you. Is that correct, the information I'm saying about other people who are uh, with you in the car there? Uh, yes, it is. I just stepped out of the car because, uh, you know, I wanted the, the guys to have their time on their own. Uh, so I'm outside, it's freezing out here. Uh, yes, it's correct. We just uh, entered Ukraine about... Uh, an hour and a half ago, uh, more exactly. Uh, we are heading towards uh, Nikolai. We just met our, our guide car and uh, our trusted translators. And uh, now we are heading uh, towards Odessa with the final destination Nikolai for today. We are carrying uh, six generators, electricity generators. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are stopping uh, to collect some goods as well on yeah. our way to, to Nikolai. So we're going to collect the goods from, uh, from Odessa and head towards all right. Now, Hardy, um, uh, just uh, tell me uh, as you enter in Ukraine, there was the feeling there. First of all, you know uh, what, do you, what do you see around, what do you hear. Uh, uh, maybe w- while you were waiting at the border there, maybe yeah, you had heard some stories. Uh, what's the first um, reaction for you? Well, um, the border is changed. This is the this is the first uh, first time we are coming in. Uh, so the the border control it's um, uh, it's it slightly changed. They're they are checking the cars and checking everything more in depth. We had some uh, some issues with the paperwork. I mean, we didn't realize that we done some mistakes, and they were uh, very picky with everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a little bit more difficult to enter the country, uh, especially uh, because we had a such uh, large amount of generators uh, with us, and you know. Uh, we, I, I guess we looked a little bit suspect, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the country looks quite quiet so far. Uh, Russia is kind of planning to invade uh, Ukraine in the following days. We were expecting maybe today that to happen, but uh, it didn't yet. Uh, so I guess all the all the army is focused on the on the front lines. Mm-hmm. So we didn't met like usually we did a lot of army on the on the way. Okay. So, yeah. Hardy, it's Robbie here. Um, just wanted to ask you a quick, quick question. So, crossing into Ukraine right now, this is live happening here in Australia time. Is is there a sense that um, that things are, are still very much a war zone where you're crossing into? I mean, we don't want the exact locations, but where you're crossing in, is it 
does it feel like the war zone still? Or is it relatively quiet where you're getting across? Yes, it does. It does very feel like a war zone. Uh, you can't really see people on the street. All you can see is just uh, lorries carrying goods and uh, diesels. So when when you cross that border, much everything you when can, you, you can see around. When you cross the border with generators, um, you're saying they're a little bit suspicious, sort of thing. What is is it still very much like Ukraine's looking for help from outside? Yes, we were we were actually talking about uh, about this with the uh, with the translators earlier, and uh, they said the country is uh, getting poorer and poorer because there is no no jobs, they can't work. Uh, you know, everything is closed down, and uh, it, the, the situation is getting. Um, um, worst. Mm. Now, uh, Hardy, just um, just um, to let our listener know. Also, uh, you are from uh, UK. You live in uh, in UK, and uh, you are from Romania originally. And you went back in Romania, correct, picked up from there uh, a few people. And I know one of them is my. It's a good friend. Uh, your dad, yeah. And uh, you you go into a car from Romania uh, with the goods there. You travel all the way. How many hours you travel? Maybe thirty six hours or more. Just continue driving from UK to Romania and then uh, keep going to Ukraine. No, so actually, what happened? Yeah, that's that's correct. I live in uh, I live in England, uh, in UK. Uh, I flew into Romania because that's the the closest country to um, to Ukraine you can fly into. Then uh, in um, in Romania, I met my uh, my father, uh, one of our pastors, Potochan uh, Bundian Karol, mm-hmm. and our uh, our friend Dan. Uh, and obviously myself, and we started driving towards uh, towards the uh, the border where we met the uh, the rest of the team, and we're yeah. gonna meet some more people into into Odessa. Yeah, but uh, so we're gonna just grow the convoy. Yeah, also, I'd like to ask you while you arrive to the destination there, leave the generators there. What's the plan? Because you said to me just off air that you had also a plan to hold uh, some uh, seminars there. Uh, few evangelistic uh, meetings there. Is that still uh, on the plan? That's correct, yes. So what's going to happen? Um, today, uh, tonight, we're going to stop in Nikolaev, uh, where we're going to hold uh, the first seminar. We're going to go in four different places uh, in the same time, and that's going to be tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, the same. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sunday, we are moving to a different location, Monday, another location, and then Monday evening, we are exiting uh UK. All right. And obviously, at uh, each point, we're going to stop. We're going to leave one generator for uh, for each place. We're going to hold a seminar. Okay. All right. Well, Hardy, I know. And you obviously, are... it, it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of food as well, like a lot of goods. Sure. But the generators are uh, like the main main thing that's coming with us because you know they need that kind of yeah. power. Yeah. Uh, Hardy, uh, I know uh, you. Uh, you are in a very dangerous um, location right now, and you are on our prayers uh, from here, from Australia, and I believe from all other parts of the world. Uh, Robbie, any any other yeah, thoughts? Hardy, just uh, really appreciate what you're doing there, and I know a lot of people in Australia would love to be able to do something as practical as what you guys are doing right now. But is, do you get a sense of anything that the international community can still do, like people here in Australia? What could we do to help with the the? Uh, like we just had a one year anniversary. I understand. Mm. What can Australians do? Do you have any sense of that? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. I mean, prayers, they do work great. So, yeah, keep praying for us. And uh, I think that's more than enough at the moment. 
And, and uh, yeah, just to, um, uh, to add on, Robin, what you're just saying here, and my dear friend listening today uh, to this broadcast, uh, you may want to, uh, to help somehow. Uh, we have an agency which um, do good things, and that's ADRA. Uh, Robbie, you know what with Adra, you know Adra International, and I know in Romania there is Adra there too. But here in Australia, you can contact Adra the website of Adra, mm. which stands for uh, Adventist Development, Development and Relief Agency, Agency, which they do great job all around the world. And if you like to contribute uh, to some of the projects which they have directly for Ukraine, um, please do that so. Well, okay, th- Hardy, thank you so much. We have a little bit of noise there in the background, you know, but uh, you cannot, um, uh, you know, avoid <laughs> those. Yeah. No, he's on, he's on the front line, literally. That's right. Yeah. And thank you so much for taking a little bit of time, you know, stopping on your way uh, to talk a little bit with us. And I'm hoping that I'll, I could uh, have you back uh, with us, you know, just to give us a little bit of uh, uh, feedback, you know, for this uh, visit. Now you're the third time there, and uh, um, I really appreciate what you're doing. And it, let's say that, uh, as it is, you put your life in, uh, in danger just to do this sort of thing for, uh, for our good uh, uh, friends and neighbors uh, there in, in Ukraine. May God bless you and we'll keep you in our prayers uh, even uh, during this program. And my dear friend listening today, if you have a prayer which you can offer, you can do that too. And you can send uh, that prayer request to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Hardy, God bless you. Say hello to your team there and um, arrive safely uh, in Nikolaev and then back home. God bless you. Sure. Thank you for having me on the program. Take care, guys. See ya. Well, that's amazing, Nick, to uh, talk to someone live on the front line crossing into Ukraine. That's amazing. Mm. And, and, and uh, Robbie, uh, lots of people are doing things which we don't know from yeah. here, what they're doing. But it just speaks, I mean, what, what makes a person want to cross into an active war zone or mm. conflict zone? It's, it's something supernatural in terms of a compassion for our fellow human race you know and yeah. i think that's a god thing that he's yeah. placed in each every one of us so and uh, yeah hardy he lives in uh, as i said in uk and last time when he went to ukraine he went uh, back home romania and picked up also his sister 16 year old and she she went with them in ukraine there and all during the night uh, the russian or bombing that city where they were Unbelievable. And uh, I asked, uh, I took a short interview with the young girl and said, what made you to go there? Mm. said, you know, I could not stay home when I saw so many Ukrainians coming here. And when I conversate with them, you know, they were so lost or they don't, didn't have any, any hope. And I wanted to see, you know, what's uh, uh, going uh, on there. And she said, you know what? I came back from there, but I'm a different uh, person just from a trip in there, a 16-year-old girl. Look, as you said, it's, uh, it's uh, wonderful, you know, to see people that they, um, they go in these places and help people as much as they can. Mm. Hey, listen, we've had some texts come in uh, during that interview. Um, one is from Barry. Barry's from Barrel, and he is saying, Hi, that is exciting. Good to hear that you're tuning in from Barrel. I've been to Barrel. I'm going there end of this year too, by the way. And we've got another text here from Stephen, who is from what? The same place? Is that the same barrel? 
I'm not sure. That, it looks that like will it. be interesting. Yeah, um, that one is James and one is Stephen. Eh? Yeah, and he's saying Stephen's saying uh, from Barrow, New South Wales, a low twenty degrees, sunny afternoon. Good to listen to your program. Well, we're so glad glad that you have tuned in and you're joining us, uh, Stephen. Wonderful. And we're still uh, waiting for you guys to give us just a, a short uh, message where you're listening. What's the weather there? And if you like to send, uh, you know, um, further an, an a text with maybe a thought as we go into our uh, topic for Speaking today. Speaking of topic, what is the topic for today? That's a very good question. I was just going to go to that, uh, <laughs> Robbie, right now because we are addressing um, a very in- interesting theme for this week. Prophecy, the Bible and Nostradamus. You know, I think that's already started to to raise some questions in our minds, and we dealt, uh, Robbie, with some of the questions during the mm. the week. Questions like, uh, should I trust Nostradamus? I wish I was here for that one. Nostradamus was a part of my faith experiment. (laughs) All right. Well, that's great. And my dear friend, if you miss some of those programs, you can uh, go and listen back to those programs. You can visit the Faith FM app. Yeah. Yeah. Faith FM app does the easiest, but in case if you don't have it, go to faithfm.com.au. That's it. Uh, And another question, Roby, we dealt with was uh, how reliable is the biblical prophecy? Comparing, you know, with uh, Nostradamus and all other things, that was a very good question. And, And how specific is the Bible prophecy was uh, was another question. The other day, um, my good friend uh, Fabiano and Hugh, they uh, asked this. Did Christ trust the Old Testament and the ancient prophets? This has been a good week. These topics mm. are awesome. But today, and I'm uh, glad to have you with us, uh, Roby, today here <laughs> to wrap it up, you know, to bring it together for the whole week. We are going to ask this question. How can I understand biblical Symbolism. Symbolism. Here it is. This is the big question with prophecy. Mm. Now, my dear friend, uh, if you have a question in regard to this subject, send us a message. And uh, we are going to um, to give you now an idea about the book which we have prepared for you for today. Just a, a short little ad here and we'll come back. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And this is Faith FM, Drive Time, BQ&A, with Nick Rita and Robbie Bergen, right here from uh, Adelaide, South Australia. Uh, Robbie, we have a book prepared for our listeners. We sure do. This book is a free giveaway to anybody who texts in today's code word. You have to stick around to the end of the show, and you will get this book absolutely free. This is a fantastic book. It's called The Four Winds of Revelation. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, four winds, I think most people are. Before I was a Christian, I heard about this in movies, the four winds of strife Mm. and these sorts of things. So this book is going to unpack what these four winds are, Revelation, and it's going to look at Revelation from a perspective of what's coming next in our world's journey. We've seen, you know, catastrophic things hitting us from day to day. The news, it's just full of natural disasters and floods and fires and all sorts of crazy things. But more than 2,000 years ago, the Bible made some startling predictions, and we want to know what's going to come next, and that's what this book is all about. So you want to stick around to the end of the show, get today's code where you're going to text it to 04888 so say the number into your phone right now, and you will get this book today. And we'll come with the code just a little bit later, but um, right now... You have to stick to the end of the show for the code word. you got to earn it. <laughs> you, I can see now that you're managing the, uh, the content and um, all these things. But Robbie, let, let me just come to you um, with this, uh, you know, around this question which we asked today. How to understand symbolism in the Bible? I mean, is there a 
it's simple or uh, do you have something like magic to say to our listener you know do this and uh, you'll understand everything <laughs> well first of all i'm a computer programmer that's what i was before i became a christian and working as a computer programmer you're always dealing in variables right mm-hmm. so variables like what x x equals this or x equals that and when i came to uh, stumble across bible and bible prophecy it was a whole bunch of symbols and variables like these beasts and dragons and, and oil and water and all these sorts of different things. And so for me, it kind of be, it was a very natural process. I was like, well, obviously this is a code. There's some kind of program behind all of this. But the question is, what do all these symbols mean? Mm. Now to the average person who picks up the Bible and starts looking at um, prophecy and they will, you, you can't not see symbolism. Doesn't matter which part of the Bible you look at when it turns into the prophetic genre. There'll be symbols and there'll be questions around, well, what, what does this bear represent or what does the lion represent? And so the big problem that a lot of Christians find when they stumble across these, or even not just Christians, but people reading the Bible in mm-hmm. general, is that they're, they're tempted to go and associate the symbol with something that they're familiar with. So, for example, if you see a bear in the Bible, you might be tempted to go, maybe that's Russia. Mm-hmm. If you see a lion... Or that might be either England or it might be uh, China or the dragon might be China. And so we're tempted, if we're not understanding the culture and the context in which it's been written, to interpret these symbols using our own modern day experiences. Because symbols are a part of every day. I mean, Mm -hmm. we use symbols all the time. And that's the same reason why it's used in the Bible. For example, if I was to say to you, um, uh, Tasmania is as cold as ice. Like, I've used the symbol of ice here to communicate an idea to you. Mm-hmm. I've come to Adelaide, and I'll say it's as hot as hell. Mm. <laughs> Again, I'm using a symbol to communicate an, an idea. And that's what the Bible's really doing. It's using symbols to communicate ideas. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, and we'll get into that in today's discussion. And I hope that we can unpack a little bit more this um, aspect which you just mentioned, because I believe that's very important. Mm. In the Bible speaks, you know, about certain things like uh, as symbols and um, signs. And But as you just said, in the Bible speak about speaks about lion, for example, or bear. or And I heard about in Christendom today assimilating those things and give um, give a application of the prophecy for a time which may, in the context of the prophecy of the Bible, may not have to do anything with that. Yes. For example, you just said the bear. Yeah. Now, in the Bible, the bear didn't represent Russia. Right. But today, uh, a listener who listened today, first first thing will come in the mind, if it's a prophetic approach, he said, yeah. wow, this must be Russia. And look at Russia right now. It's rising. It's doing this. It's doing that. I remember that uh, during the Cold War. And when uh, Gorbachev, Gorbachev uh, was coming in the picture, even with a mark on his forehead, <laughs> you know, and people had <laughs> all, sorts of, beast. <laughs> all sorts of ideas have about that one. And I hear myself every day, Robbie, as I come in contact with people and mention this uh, um, biblical aspect. Mm. Uh, Linking some of the things which doesn't have to do anything well, with the prophecy. To, they're trying to interpret them. That's that's mm. what's happening, and they're using what they're familiar with. And so the core, the, 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 well, not the really core, but the, the essential ingredient with symbolism and Bible prophecy is to understand the why. Why does the Bible use symbols? And so there's a there's some really good points we need to sort of bring out before we can start jumping into how can we understand um, Bible symbolism, which is today's topic. So the first thing to understand is is that 
the the Bible uses symbols, and like we could say, it's the animal symbol, it's the symbol of uh, a, a picture of something happening, but it uses symbols to to really add depth, to add color, to add feeling mm-hmm. to what the actual prophecy is all about. So, for example, you could say Satan is evil in the Bible. That's a fact. But if you describe Satan as a dragon going to consume and to devour, the idea of the dragon is that it's a lot more destructive, it's mm-hmm. a lot more vengeful. But then in the same section of the prophecy, you could say that the, the devil is like a snake, a serpent. Right. And so that symbol is conveying more of the idea of it's a deception because that's the first time we see the symbol of the serpent in the Bible. It's the same character, the devil, mm-hmm. Satan, but he's just, in one act he's being described as a dragon, which is a destroyer, whereas in another symbol he's a, he's a snake or a serpent, which is a deceiver. So the color that gets added or the feeling and the depth to the, the, the act in the prophecy is added to by adding into these symbols. Mm. So that's, that's one reason why we have symbols. But then we also have this idea of significance being added. So, for example, um, there's a lot of colors used in Bible symbols. Like we have a red dragon. Mm. We have um, a purple uh, or scarlet-colored yeah. uh, woman yep. wearing these, these robes and things. And or a white woman. Or a white, exactly. So mm. color is very significant as well. And what color is see in today's society we go – Oh, color. I can buy any color I want. But at the time this is being written, color was very, very important Mm. based on what was available, who could get it. It was really a status symbol. And so, whereas you see blue um, or purple, it was more of the color of royalty, the idea of purple. So, now you've got this picture of a woman dressed in purple. It's showing in the symbolism, okay, whoever this woman is representative of, she's communicating the idea that she is royal. Mm -hmm. And our royalty is a very... um, a biblical narrative. There's a story all around royalty, biblical royalty. So the idea of color it, it conveys signif- significance. Um, other symbols will do the same thing. So remembering, it's not about oh, is it um, what I'm seeing the newspaper happening today? Is that how I interpret these symbols? Mm-hmm. It's about understanding why was the author in his culture right. in his day using these symbols. So then there's a whole other range of reasons, like. And this is one I love the most. It's, and I alluded to this before with the cold as ice, right? Mm-hmm. The way to communicate um, messages that's unfamiliar to the audience you're talking to is to use synonyms or similes. Mm-hmm. So these are the idea of you're comparing something that you know to something that you are unfamiliar with. So if you start talking about... Um, Oh, that, 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 that car that I saw, it was as fast as a jet. You're familiar with the idea of a jet and yes. the speed of a jet. But you haven't driven But you that, haven't driven that car. Yeah. And so you're connecting something that you're familiar with to try and help you explain mm. and understand something that you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so that's why these symbols are being used. When the Bible talks about there was a, a beast coming up out of the sea, but it had these different animal features, mm-hmm. well, if you understand the animal feature – and then you understand when it's all put together what kind of beast or system you're, you're working with. Mm. So these are some of the reasons why the Bible has gone to the effort of drawing on this symbolism to communicate what we generally call prophecy. But the interesting thing is, right, it's not just prophecy. Sometimes Jesus used symbols just to communicate Absolutely. spiritual ideas. Yes. Like he's talked about the gospel is like a, a, a seed, mustard, mustard seed, seed mm-hmm. right? Like we understand a mustard seed. 
We understand how it grows in the process. And Jesus is connecting that familiar idea with something that is completely abstract and unfamiliar, the spiritualness nature of the gospel. Yes. So it's not just prophecy. But if you understand the reason why the author is invoking that symbol in his time frame or her time frame, that helps us get to the real meaning of what's intended behind the imagery. And probably uh, to, to look even a bit uh, closer to us, uh, we use a lot of symbolism uh, today. Oh, I, I mean, uh, y- you may even have a, a device right now, you know, and it, there is something on the cover of that uh, device, you yeah. know. Straight away, you know who made that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You don't need to have written uh, down the whole uh, description. You start to understand uh, about the product because of that symbol. Yeah, there's an immediate, um, you see that and immediately you're thinking of something else. Mm. It's, it's in, encoding it. Mm. And, you know, the other reason, that also goes to the point of the other reason for symbols. And that is, is that symbols protect the message, protect the truth That's a good behind thought. the yep. message. Yep. So, for example, I mean, you imagine that the Bible, like in Revelation, for example, which is the book that I'm most, I spent most of my time in, in my early exploring of religion and Christianity, pretty much any passage you turn to has got symbols in it. Now, with using, and we'll get to this, but with using the Bible to decode the symbols, you decode the, the, the message and it's quite plain. Mm. It's very clear what the messages are. The truth is behind these symbols. But you imagine if the Bible, like for example, I'll give you one, one example, right? In Revelation 13, we have a picture of a, a, a beast that comes up out of the sea. It's got all these different character attributes. What's interesting is, is that this symbol that's coming, representing this power, as it's coming up out of the water, it communicates this idea that there is some sort of uh, system coming on the world stage, coming in, at, in a particular location in the world, all these characteristics. Now, you imagine if the Bible just said it straight out, um, this person is going to come on the scene and do this and is going to do that and is going to affect my people this way. How long do you think that that book would be around for? That's a very, very important question, but particularly in the context we're talking about the Bible and Nostradamus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Bible has been a long, around a long, long, long time. Mm. So these, these prophecies are often protected by using symbolism because Jesus said this. He said, listen, unless you, unless you really ask for the Spirit and you really seek, you won't discover the meanings behind these symbols. So, the question that we're trying to address today is, can you understand Bible symbols? I'm going to go out right on the record right now, right across Australia and say, absolutely. The symbols in Bible prophecy were never intended to be mysterious to the follower of Jesus. All right. And um, how can we prove that? I'll take you to one verse here. I'm going to open my Bible. I've got to say it word for word. In Revelation chapter 1, I want you to listen to this verse here. In chapter 1 and in verse 3, this is what it says. It says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. Okay, so there's a blessing yes. if you read it, Yes. if you hear it. Now, I often tell people, all you got to do is read Revelation. Don't understand it. Just read it and you'll be blessed, right? Well, if you can't read it, get it on an audio Bible and listen to it. You're still blessed. But there's a third blessing here. It says, and there's a blessing to those who keep those things which are written in for the time is near. Now, let me ask you a question. How can you keep or observe or obey something if you don't know what it is? Mm. So, from the very first, this is the third verse in the book of Revelation, which is probably the most symbolic book in all the Bible. Yes. 
The third verse, this is Jesus speaking here through John. He says, listen, there's a blessing if you read this book. There's a blessing if you hear this book. And there's a blessing if you obey what's written in this book. The only way you can obey something is if you understand what you're obeying. Right. And if I could uh, bring another verse uh, from the Bible, uh, Robbie, um, just to support uh, this thing. Uh, I'm thinking uh, of Second uh, Timothy yes. uh, chapter 3 and verse uh, 16, which says here, all scriptures, mm-hmm. all scripture. I mean, it's not only you need to interpret it interpret the Bible just looking in the book of Revelation. Correct. If you come across something there which may not be that clear to you, but it says all scripture is God-breaded and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The reason I want to um, bring this verse is because, my dear friend, I want you to know that if you come across some uh, difficult passages in the Bible— You need to know the Bible, what says about that passage. You cannot just take it out of context. Is that uh, correct, Robbie? Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is the thing. It is no understanding the Bible at large, whether it's just the plain teachings of, of Jesus or the teachings of Paul, or whether it's the complexity of Bible prophecy and the imagery. No understanding of the Bible comes easily. And what I mean by that is, is it takes time, it takes prayer, And it takes the leading of the Holy Spirit through the scriptures. And some people feel like if you just, um, you know, somehow open up the Bible, you do a Google search of the Bible, mm. you get your answer straight away. That's very, very rare. Now, there are some things that you read it and it's like, there's, okay, that's, it's what it says is what it says, nothing more to it. But the vast majority of the Bible requires the Holy Spirit to uh, guide you and to lead you. And that's why Jesus even taught. He said, This is in John chapter 16. He says, listen, when the Holy Spirit is come, he will guide you into all truth. And this is why Isaiah tells us that you have to study a precept upon a precept in Scripture. You compare Scripture with Scripture. And it's through this this process of digging and comparing mm. that discovery is made. Mm. So that it's, it's not as simple as, oh, okay, Google, what does the beast represent in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11? Bang, there's my answer. Okay, got it. it and re- you may have uh, that answer from uh, various uh, sources yes. and interpretation. I believe here, again, it's a very good principle, like in the um, Apostle Paul speaks about some people in Berea, you know, which they heard some things, but and they, they went home and checked with the Bible to yes. see what they heard. It's uh, relevant or it's, it's to the point. It's true. Because that's another big danger these days to just go and Google there and you'll have all sorts of interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. And normally the, the what I've found is, is that the, the first result is often the wrong result. Mm. <laughs> so when you go on, a, or YouTube is another one. YouTube's fantastic for getting um, a thousand different interpretations on Bible prophecy. But, you know, the, the question we're trying to explore is, can it be understood? The yeah. answer is yes. So then the question is, well, then, okay, if it's able to be understood, then what do we do to understand it? How do we dig to understand? Hold on to that thought, and uh, we are going to have a short break right now. I love commercial breaks. And we'll come <laughs> back. But this time, uh, I would like you, my dear friend, to listen to a song. And myself, um, I will be a little bit more generous uh, today that uh, Robbie just said earlier. I'm going to give you the code for the offer which you have today right after the song. Beca- wow. Because, uh, you know, I want You're you to have this generous. book. <laughs> Stay with us. This is Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. Deliver me from mine enemies. 
that rise up against me. FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is Nick Rita and uh, today with us in the studio here is uh, uh, Robbie Bergam. Uh, we are very glad to have you uh, tune in today and just before the um, uh, the break we were talking about that uh, we want to give you the um, 
code for the offer which we have prepared uh, for you today. What is the offer, Robbie? Which uh, this is a fantastic book. It's called The Four Winds of Revelation, and it's a book that's gonna just do just that. It's gonna take the approach from Revelation: what's happening in the world, what are these four winds, what did the Bible predict more than two thousand years ago? Mm. It's a fantastic book, and the code is SA. 104. If you text us on um, 04-888-8081 with this code, no space in between SA and 104, uh, this uh, book uh, will come to you. I, and, c- yep. I can't believe you gave it away so soon. <laughs> well, uh, as I said, I'm generous today and uh, I don't want to break any of the uh, boss's um, arguments here. But no, we uh, want you to get this book. This book's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. A very good book. And so what was the code again? 104. SA. SA 104. What's SA stand for? South Australia, of uh, course. Okay. Hey, speaking of South Australia, so we got another text uh, during the last segment from Tim. And Tim's living in Newcastle. He says, I'm listening from Newcastle and the weather is sunny, sunny. Love listening to Nick, Robbie and the music. Well, so glad you're listening, Tim. But you know what I just noticed? Everyone texting in is from New South Wales. Where's the South Australians? What is me a bit? Where's the South Australians? Well, maybe they are still working. <laughs> or <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's time, time zone differences. That's correct. But, uh, dear friends uh, here in South Australia, let's show that uh, is not true what Rob is just saying here. <laughs> let's show that we are listening here in, help with Nick in Adelaide. Job. <laughs> help Nick Hibby's job. Text in if you're listening from Adelaide. But anywhere in Australia, uh, if you're listening for the Perth, be pretty early in Perth, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. But you can text in anywhere in Australia. We're live right across Australia. And we're really enjoying I'm enjoying this topic. Thanks for having me today. It's very good uh, to have you, Robbie. And interesting, I was uh, thinking before I um, I kind of ask you to come along with us. Um, yeah, who should I have here for this topic? But I'm glad that you you came in Adelaide, and probably we may have a chance to just uh, say um, uh, why you are why you are here in Adelaide, and maybe people can come and see you where you are speaking tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking tomorrow. I have no idea where. It's somewhere in Adelaide. So I don't know if you know. I'll Nick. give you some details. Yes. That's in, uh, um, yeah, I'll come to that with the details a bit later. Put me on the spot, mate. I don't know. <laughs> but that's okay. That's, um, um, we call it a regional. You know, the whole church, the church is here in Adelaide. They meet together. Um, it's on Frederick Road, 185, I think, I think is bad. To find that it's it's a Christian community center there. It's a Christian community center on Frederick Road in Seaton, where uh, Robbie will be speaking there tomorrow from uh, eleven o'clock. Uh, but we start in there at ten o'clock. Uh, will be a bit of Bible study thing. And my dear friend, listening from Adelaide, if you don't uh, have anything planned uh, yet for tomorrow, uh, please come along and uh, uh, see Robbie in person. Yeah, yeah. I'll be speaking. The title for tomorrow is the Point of No Return. Mm. The point no return, and it's um, a part of my my story uh, from a non Christian to a to a Christian. And I'd love to meet some people from Adelaide; it'd be fantastic. So if you're in the area and uh, you know where Nick just described, because I have no idea, I'll Google it tomorrow when I've got to get there. But uh, yeah, I'd love to come meet you. So eleven o'clock, I'll be speaking, and then um, after that, uh, we'll be free to have a chat with people. Yeah, it's Christian Family Center on Frederick Road, Seaton. Now, uh, a few more messages coming up there, and thank you for already requesting this book, uh, Naomi. And um, yeah, keep uh, sending us messages, uh, guys. But uh, in the next few minutes, which we have left, uh, Robbie, mm. now we are asking this question today: How can I understand uh, Bible symbolism? Right. We talk a little bit uh, before the break, but how? 
how can we understand it? We practically give us uh, um, some uh, practical um, aspects. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, as I said before the break, I um, I, I first my first taste of the Bible was the Book of Revelation, and I spent. About, I don't know, probably about four or five hours reading it. I know I was a slow reader back then. And I read through the whole book from, from chapter 1 to chapter 22. And I just want to give you a quick uh, overview. Maybe you haven't read Revelation. Maybe you have. But I want to give you a quick reading. And I want to share with you my first encounter with Revelation. I'll give you an example. In chapter 22, it says, And he showed me a pure water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Now, you imagine you're not a Christian, you read this for the very first time, you're going to ask yourself, what on earth is this river of life and what is the lamb? Why is the water coming out of a lamb Mm. or proceeding from the lamb? So then you go, okay, what's the next chapter? Chapter 21, it says, And I saw a new city coming down from heaven, the new Jerusalem, prepared as a bride for her husband. And then it talks about how that it measures this long and this wide and it's got uh, foundations um, that uh, look like glass and there's all these different colors associated. Like, what on earth am I reading here? And then if you go to chapter 19, it talks about that there is going to be a lamb uh, that returns with the great armies and he's got written on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, you might be wondering, well, why are you reading it backwards? Well, because when I was in school... I hated English, and whenever you had to do a book review, I would read the last chapter and then write my review based on the last chapter of the book. That's how I got through my classes. That's cheeky, eh? Yeah. And you know what? I don't, no one ever caught on to it because I had a theory that no one read these things anyway. Mm. But anyway, so when I got the Bible, and if you hold it up, it's like, you know, mine's, mine's 1,094 pages long, my Bible here I've got in front of me. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to read all this to find out what Christians believe. So I went straight to the last chapter, which was Revelation 22, right? Mm. That didn't make sense, all these symbols. So I went to chapter 20, 21. One. Went to chapter uh, 20, chapter 19. So you keep moving back. And like you look at chapter 18, it says, And after these, a great angel came down from heaven, having great authority and illuminated the earth. Like, what on earth is that about? Then chapter 17 talks about a woman riding, a scarlet woman, uh, a woman in a scarlet or red colored dress. Mm-hmm. She's riding a beast. Like, what is that about? So you go to chapter 16, it talks about there are these plagues or vials falling on the earth. You go to chapter 14, it says there's a lamb standing on a mountain and there's 144,000 people following him. Like, I'm just like, what on earth are these Christians on about? You know what I mean? So you go to chapter 13, it says, and I stood on the sand of the sea and a beast came out of the sea. So my first encounter, you can do this all the way back to chapter 1. Mm. The whole book is full of these symbols. So the logical question is, well, how... Do you understand this? How do you decode these symbols? So, as a program, now I had no, I didn't, I didn't study the Bible with any Christian. Mm. This was literally me as a programmer, a non-believer reading this book for the first time. So, what I des- decided to do was to put into practice the principles that I used in programming. Now, one of the first things you do when you, you you're in pro, well, not necessarily the first, but one of the things you do in programming is when you got a problem, you don't know what the immediate solution is. You you work the problem, which is a, it's a it's an expression for basically putting things up on whiteboards and trying to flowchart things out. And the idea is is that by immersing yourself in the problem as a programmer mm-hmm. and flowcharting it out, you'll start to see the connections and things will start to decode and you'll solve problems. This is problem solving sort of one hundred and one. So I did that to the Bible, or specifically Revelation. Now, to do that properly, you need to immerse yourself in the book of Revelation. So I started reading. I'm not a Christian, right? 
But I started reading this book and I read it from from chapter 1 to chapter 22, straight through. I can get it down to about 2 hours and 20 minutes now, If uh, <laughs> just reading in one sitting. It's a long, long read, but you can do it. And I read the book Revelation right through probably close to about 55 times. Wow. It took me six months. Like, not every day. I, would, I, would, I had a regular job and everything, but I'd come home and I'd read the book Revelation. And I tell you what, after you read the book that many times – you start to see connections. Mm-hmm. You start to see, oh, this is the same word that's used here that was used over here in a different right. part of the book. Oh, here's the same imagery but described a different way over here. And so as you start to put this out into like a whiteboard or something, you start to see the connections. So I want to give you an example of how you can decode these symbols by using the Bible itself. So when you come to Revelation 13 or section, oh, let's, let's go to chapter 17, make it a bit easier. So, Revelation 17, it describes a, uh, in verse 1, it says, there's an angel, it had one of the vials or the bowls, and the seven last plagues, if you're interested, and it says, and he came and talked to me, saying, come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Mm. Now, if you've read Revelation at all, you'll know that water appears over and over again. In uh, chapter 13, there's a beast coming up out of the water. Correct. Right? And now here in chapter 17, the angel says, listen, I'm going to help you, John, talking to John, I'm going to help you understand this woman that's sitting on the, um, many waters, right? So notice what the Bible does. And you don't get this unless you're actually thorough. If you just try to do a quick read one verse and interpret it, you'll mm. miss it. Mm. But if you keep reading in the same chapter down to verse 15, look what the angel says to John. He says, then he said to me, This is John speaking. Now the angel says, The water which you saw where the harlot sits are people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So here's an example. This is just one of many examples. But here's this imagery of this water. This water keeps popping up, and there's this beast, and there's this woman, and there's harlot, and all this sort of crazy stuff. And you're like, who's this woman? What's this water that she's on? What is this all about? If you find that one little, little slither of a gem... It's actually decoding that symbol of water. So what the angel's basically saying is in this book of Revelation, this water represents people, multitudes, nations, and tongues, which basically is the idea that it's a very populated part of the planet. Right. Now, we use that expression even today, right? We can say, do you, do you have like a royal show here? In yes. Yeah. yes. So in, in Brisbane, where I grew up, it was called the Ecker, mm-hmm. um, the Easter show. And they used to say on the news, I remember this distinctly, uh, when I saw this first first time, the connections. So it used to say on the news, uh, they have the camera panning upon all the people on opening day of the mm-hmm. Echo, right? And they'd mm-hmm. say, all the sea of faces walking down shi- Sideshow Alley. Right. You hear, hear what they said? The sea of, of faces. faces. Multitudes of people. Multitudes of people. Yes. And the funny thing is, is that that's the same thing the Bible is trying to communicate here. Now, I didn't have to look at the, the news report to interpret the symbol. Mm. The Bible interpreted it itself. So now, let's go back to Revelation 13, where we see this picture. In Revelation 13, it says, literally it says in the book here, it says, I stood on the sand of the sea, that's the, you're looking out at the water, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, mm-hmm. right? Having seven heads, ten horns, and so on and so on. So now we've got that first symbol. The first symbol is John's looking out at the sea, and we know what the sea is. It's a multitude of people, 
uh, languages. Because you just read the before. We, just, we yeah. just read in Revelation 17. And now we can see that there's a beast coming up out of that sea. Mm-hmm. So now we're not looking for, you know, some kind of crazy sea beast in Loch Ness or somewhere rising up out of the water, literally. Now we're looking for some sort of beast that's rising up out of a populated part of the planet. That's wonderful. So that's just a little slither of an example. But of if you don't, but that. if you read uh, chapter 13, and if you don't know what says in chapter 17, for you'll example, miss you'll, you'll totally miss, miss it. it, and you will come up with a wrong interpretation. Mm. That's why you can Google what's the sea beast in this. That's what the you know colloquial name is for Revelation 13. What's the sea beast? And you'll get all kinds of crazy stuff. Right. But if you let the Bible explain itself, it takes time. Like it takes time to dig. But what I've found is a really helpful aid for anyone listening is to get a Bible concordance. So a concordance is a, well, it used to be a Greek big old book, like it's like ten times the size mm, of your Bible, mm, mm. and it is an index to every single word in the Bible. So if you want to know in this verse what's this water about, you can look up the word water in the concordance, and it will give you every time in the Bible the word water is used, and so that gives you a starting point to what verses to look at. For possible explanations, now you gotta be careful because just because it uses the word water doesn't mean it's people. Like in Genesis chapter one, it says that before the earth was created, the spirit hovered on the face of the water. It's not talking about the ho- hovering on the face of people mm-hmm. because that's not prophecy there; that's a historical narrative account. Yes. Yes. So it only applies in prophecy, right? And so, but the concordance is a great tool to start doing that. Now, the cool thing today is you can get that on a phone. Mm-hmm. You don't have to carry around a book. I have like one of those books. It cost me fifty five dollars in two thousand and one. I got sucked into buying one because there's no other option back then. But now my phone and my iPad and stuff, I can literally tap on a word in on the Bible text, and it will take me to every single reference in the Bible. Yeah. So it's a really quick aid to look at where else does the Bible talk about water. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Hey, our time is going very fast, uh, Robbie, today, but I just want to mention uh, to our listener, uh, particularly those who listen for Adelaide, if you like to hear Robbie uh, tomorrow, he's going to speak uh, at 11 o'clock uh, at Christian Family Center on Frederick Road, Sitton. Uh, also, I would like to mention here, my dear friend, that uh, you can request this book, which we have, uh, Four Winds of Revelation by uh, Ken Cox and you need to send us a text message with the code SA104 and you can send that message to 04-888-808-11 Some people requested already Nada, thank you for uh, also requesting uh, the book uh, looking forward for you guys to send us a text message from Adelaide here to um, prove that you are a faithful listener <laughs> from uh, Adelaide in, uh, in South Australia uh, Robbie, yes. just a couple of minutes left here today How can we just bring it together like that and give probably in a like like in a nutshell like that a bit of a clear idea yeah. to our listener in regard to the topic which we um, discussed for the whole week because the the topic was uh, about prophecy, the Bible, and Nostradamus. And many people uh, may go and uh, look into Nostradamus prophecies and all those things. But uh, our question for today was how can I understand uh, biblical symbolism? Right. So, at a high level, can it be understood? Absolutely. How do we know? Because many times the Bible will interpret the symbols for us. In fact, all times. There's no point to be given a prophecy with a symbol if we can't understand it. If you look at the two most symbolic books in the Bible, Daniel and Revelation, every time Daniel was given a prophecy, 
in those prophecies, he was given the interpretation. So when he saw beasts, the beasts were described in chapter 7 as being kingdoms. When he saw the metals being used to describe that image in Daniel 2, he was told that they represent kingdoms. So the, the short answer is it's absolutely possible to understand what the symbols mean. What has to be the discipline of a Bible student is that we need to pray. We need to ask God, show me the verses that interpret these things. Now, some great theologians have put together some really valuable resources. I'd recommend some of them. There's charts out there that talk about um, symbols versus interpretation. They give you Bible references. They sort of do some of the hard work for you. But ultimately, if you are a Bible student and you look for a, a word that appears like a like the beast or the water, whatever the symbol is, just do a what's called a word study. So you get at your concordance and you look for the references and you will arrive at really deep meanings. And the other good thing is to get involved with small groups because small groups help you as well. Wonderful. Uh, time is against us uh, today, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Robbie, for, uh, for having me. being with us here today. My dear friend, uh, uh, we thank you for um, uh, listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. Uh, we're inviting you to be part of uh, our next uh, presentation when uh, uh, we are talking about the Bible, Jesus, and end time. Um, uh, the end times and until then may God richly bless you and have a wonderful walk in the footsteps of Jesus this program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio little sparrows content